This is Will Montgomery, former Washington Redskins center. Yo, what's good, folks? This is Trey Johnson, the headbanger, yo. And you're listening to Mess Hall with Rally Captain and Tailgate Ted. Word. What's going on, Rally? I'd ask you how you're doing, but you were out there with the rest of us out in that rain and watching that ass whooping, man. Well, Ted, I got to tell you, um, one thing we know for sure is it did rain and the Bills <laughs> did show up. Bills Mafia did show up. That's what we do know. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely showed up, man. I was actually, I was cutting up clips and getting ready for the show. And I was going to cut up a clip of our predictions for how many Bills Mafia were going to show up. I said 50-50, 60-40 Mafia. You said 85-15, but I felt like I was pouring salt on the wound, cutting that thing up and just replaying it. So it wasn't really going to help anybody out. But I'm just going to say this. Uh, it was probably 50-50. I, I'm actually going to say 55-45. All right. Hear me out, though. 55% bills, 45% commanders. Yeah, uh, I, I know what you meant, man. It was yeah. it was exciting to see our fans that did show up to sell the place out because yes. we sold out the game, and there wouldn't have been more Bills fans there. There just would have been more empty seats, in my opinion. Those Bills fans that were coming down were already committed and coming down. So the tickets that they did end up selling towards the end of the run were our fans buying them after us coming back and beating the Broncos or beating the cards and going from there. So, I mean, yeah. and the fact that the weather was crap, people still posted. They did. Well, here's the other thing. So next to me, to my left, season ticket holder guy. Um, and I, I get it. The weather was crappy. And this was a money draw game. No way fans about about it. I had Don't tell me he sold the seats. He sold his seats to, to Bills fans. Now, whether he knew they were Bills fans or not, I don't know. But obviously, he sold those seats because he wasn't there. And so because of it, yep, because of it, I just looked over at the guy and 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 you know me, I'm I'll never be bad to anybody. I was I was, you know, cordial, like I'm always gonna be to whether you're a commander's fan or, or an opposite uh opposition uh, fan, I, I'm gonna be cordial to you. And so we just talked and hey man, at the end of the day, we we laughed it up, we chalked it up and I was hurting on the inside, but you'll never see it on the outside. Oh, I'm right there with you. There were a cat there was a cowboy fan and a giants fan in front of me. Like what are you guys doing here? Like <laughs> I just I don't get it. And then the Cowboys were losing, and you know the Giants are the Giants right now. And then they're sitting there taking videos of all the Commanders fans leaving at the end of the game. I'm like that ain't even your team that's beating us right now. And you're gonna sit here and gloat? It just it made no sense to me. And I didn't realize the guy was a Cowboys fan until the rain stopped because he didn't want to get his City Lamb jersey wet or whatever else. Uh-huh. His little prima donna sitting here it was like I said, dude, hey, you guys didn't win. The Bills won, and I'll see you here week 18 when we play you, or I won't. I guess we'll see who's a real fan then. And, you know, just let them go. But it was what well, it was, man. What I always say is, hey, guys, appreciate you help, help stimulate in our economy. That's yeah, no, that's, that's probably a better thing to say. The oh, wife yeah. actually left in the third quarter or so because the rides she came with, I didn't have enough room in the car to take her home. So she came with one of our yeah. neighbors, mm-hmm. and she rode home, and – that person did not want to stick around. They left. The words she said after I love you was, don't get into a fight. Don't get arrested. <laughs> so, hey, I'm here right now. 
no fights, no bruises. I wasn't arrested. So it's all good. We, we made it out. The mafia did take over the stands. They mm -hmm. didn't take over the tailgate, though. I actually, I wanted to ask you, what was it like walking around the lots? Because I didn't get a chance to see it, obviously. Well, so shout out to Rodney Johnson. He's my ride. He, 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 I park at his, uh, at his, at his friend's house and then he picks me up and then we go from there to the stadium. And so, you know where the red light zone lot is. I know you do. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, so there's a driveway, if you will, that leads up to the actual fence line that takes you into the, to the red zone lot. I mean, I posted a video of this. I have never seen cars parked all the way back to the entry fence line. I have That's never, awesome. I've never seen that. And they were all Bills fans. And I said, all oh, Bills fans. Oh yeah. What? Yeah, bro. And I said, I said, if this is what we're up against today, oh my goodness, because I have never seen it. It's always at least maybe the one, two, three, four, five, maybe the 10th or 11th light pole. That's the video. The 10th or 11th light pole all the way back into the lot. Oh no, my gosh. You see that? Yeah. You this look, is in the red that. zone lot. That's yeah, our tailgate that, lot, man. How the hell they get tickets? That's going into. We haven't gotten in yet, but you see the cars right there. They're oh, man. deep. Look how far back they are. I have never seen that. That is never. Great. Hats off to that, man. You know, it's yeah, just that's what they, I said. they support their team. They came down here. They did it well because you have, you get a ton of fans that come down, but they don't tailgate, right? Mm -hmm. And to drive all the way down here, who knows? It might not have been from New York. I know there was a a listener of the show and a friend slash coworker. They organized a bus trip of mm -hmm. 30 plus Bills fans to come to the game. They live in Northern Virginia, but they were getting all these Bills fans to come to the game and told them they're welcome mm -hmm. to come with the tailgate and hang out, you know, coworker, you know, it is what it is, but they weren't going to get there till like 1145. I'm like, we're starting to close up at that point. And mm -hmm. you know, I'm not sure, but there are Bills fans everywhere. The mafia yeah. isn't just strictly New York or wherever else they are. So, you know, I'm happy for them. Enjoy it now because the next time you guys come back to town, more people are going to be back on this bandwagon and it ain't going to be that crazy. The fact of the matter is, and like I said on the last show, a majority of these tickets were sold before the team was sold. A majority mm -hmm. of these tickets were bought in March in April of last year. So yeah. our fans didn't get a chance to gobble them up. You guys did. So, hey, it is what it is. Rally goes on away games. I'm going to a couple this year. And, you know, we love to represent just like you guys did, 55, 45-ish. But y'all had your day. And oh, hats no off doubt. to you. We'll, we'll, yeah, see, no we'll see you all around. No doubt. And, and, and like I told him, I said, hey, man, you know, they said, well, how do you feel? And I said, man, of course, no one likes to lose, but I've learned throughout the years, you just deal with it and you move on. And so that'll be our next segment. But but uh, kudos to the Bills fans and the Bills team. You played a better game than we did. And, and that's just how it is. Yeah, that's uh, that goes without being said. They definitely played a better game. Yeah. You and I, for a refresher, both took the commanders to win. And yeah, I was kicking myself a little bit, but. You know, I was feeling this, you know, I was thinking, man, we actually, we're coming back home. We're going to be around our own crowd at this yeah. point. We we might have a shot to go 3-0 and for the first time since 05. 
you know, Josh Allen been 50, 50, and obviously it didn't go well, but before we harp on the game, what did go well was homecoming weekend. I'm curious your thoughts about all the festivities. Well, it goes back to one, like you said, homecoming. I was happy to see the legends. I mean, it's not very often that guys come back or even back in the day that wanted to come back. These guys wanted to come back. I mean, the weather could have kept a lot of them inside and said, nah, but, but they came out and they represented and I really enjoyed that. Um, I'm happy that what, what went right also is I feel is, is I'm going to go back to off the field, our fan base, our fan base is, is coming back. And, and of course we, we want to win on the field, but Bruce Allen had a saying winning off the field. And the fact that our fan base is coming back the way that they are, we are winning in that aspect. And, the players have even said that they notice a difference that they've never been in a FedEx area with the amount of people that are there. Um, so that's what I'm happy about, man. And, and our play will get better. What about well, you? I mean, Rome wasn't built in a day. I mean, the one thing I'm going to say about homecoming weekend that I don't like is the fact that they call it homecoming weekend. Right? Okay. We're not homecoming, in high school. No, or college. You <laughs> book you book powder puff teams for homecoming, right? Mm -hmm. You were in Denver last week. It was Denver's alumni weekend. It wasn't Bingo. their homecoming weekend. Bingo. Just take homecoming out. Because yeah. to me, not these are professional football players. They don't need board material. They're all getting paid million. Well, not all millions, but they're getting paid a good sum of money, a king's mm -hmm. ransom. Don't give them any more reason to say, you scheduled me for homecoming. I'm going to come out there and kick your ass. And that's not why we lost 37 to three, but no, just, no. <laughs> you know, little tiny things. Just get rid of that part. Alumni weekend. <laughs> There's no dance. There's no king and queen. There's no court coming out. You know, just call wait, it wait, alumni wait. weekend. You didn't put the boot in on Miss Tailgate? Oh, no, man. No, definitely not. I let her use my rain jacket. <laughs> But you know, it is what uh, it how is. serious of you. Oh yeah. So, yeah I don't I don't wear you will never see me wear a jacket or wear a poncho. I am not covering up the burgundy and gold. And one of the parking lot attendants, because he ate maybe 10 pounds of chicken wings, gave me a poncho he had in his pocket. And it was a clear poncho. And you know, it was as a thank you for feeding him and the rest of the staff. That, that that's a story for an offline pod. But it's like I'm not covering this up. And even if it's a clear poncho. I don't want to risk the bad angle and you're not being able to tell that there's burgundy and gold in those stands. So, so wait, so wait a minute. So like for me, you've seen what I do. I have a rain jacket on, but I put my Jersey over the rain jacket. You won't do that. No, nah, I'm not doing that. I'll, I'll wear three okay. lines of under armor, like really thick under armor and put that on versus doing a rain jacket. I just, okay. I don't want to cover up the Jersey and, I also don't want to look like that big old kid from like a couple of those movies that had like uh, uh, snow story. coat on. Yeah. Come on. So, so so in other words, I look like Mr. Oompa Loompa with, with my with my jersey over my raincoat. Is that what I look like? And if so, you, let me know. So I, won't, I won't do it again. You also <laughs> got that big ass chain and that's all anybody can see. So it, it don't matter for you. I mean, and I was actually look. I know you weren't going anywhere, but I'm looking in the stands to seeing who's left burgundy and gold. And we can definitely tell that you were still there until that fat lady sung. Oh, yeah. That's one thing that you, the captain goes down with the ship. 
Oh yeah. And 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 when the when the clock strikes zero, I will still be there to give you my in-game report. I always do it for my for my Facebook live, and I will continue to do it as long as the the good Lord up above allows me to. Yeah, it was definitely frustrating that yeah. 175 alumni came back and they had to watch that game. I mean, yeah. that part, it hurts my heart that they had to come back and see that and getting to see Big Ked on the Jumbotron and a bunch of the guys, mm-hmm. them bringing all the guys down the field. I, I did send Fred a text message because they announced the 1980 team and Smoot walks out with the 1980 team. like. <laughs> Fred, no. I know black don't crack, but <laughs> damn, dude, I didn't know you were that old. So, you know, a couple things here and there. But it was it was fun, man. I had a good time watching those guys come back and be honored. And yeah. I can't wait to see 200 of them come back, you know, next year for alumni weekend, not homecoming, and just go from there. But yeah, man. For you, where do you think it went wrong yesterday? <laughs> Oh man. Uh, so I, we're going to harp on this and, and I'm not going to be the only person that said that. I, I, I believe that, that Sam has got to get rid of that ball. And, and I told you, man, E I E I O throw. And and if it's not there, then you've got to get on your wheels, get on your high horse. And that's one of the things that he's got to do. The other thing is our line has to, hold their blocks a little while longer and I and we we've got to do some max protect and even if it means that we've got uh, I forgot the formation where the quarterback and you got two two backs in the backfield the wishbone or whatever you want to call it not the wishbone but it's it's it looks similar to that yeah you know and then kind of like a double tight end set the tight end double tight end set yeah yeah the the same way we used to run kind of with uh RG3 if you will um you know even even if it means bringing a fullback and a tight end then we got to protect a little bit more until the line can do a better job. I'm, it's not all on the line. Sam's got to be there. And Sam missed a lot of throws, man. He, yeah, I think at this point, he needs to clear his head. I, I really do because no matter what anybody says, we can all armchair quarterback and Monday morning quarterback. And how can we do that? How can we, well, he's getting beat up. And when you get beat up, you remember where that punch came from, and the last thing you want to do is go back to that side where that punch came from. So you try to just do anything in your power, but I think that's hurting him versus helping him. Um, and I also believe that Coach EB, Mr. Bienemy, you didn't call a good game. I, I feel as though if you know your line is porous, put your quarterback in a better position, whether it be read option, to slow him down or you know the quarterback's got wheels let him let him run the ball and then even my running back give the running back that's what i feel we we, we dropped the ball was that is concerned we didn't run the ball enough i feel um and i could go on but i'm not gonna that, that's more than three but uh i'll stop there what about you man well before we get to me this is actually what rivera had to say about running the ball and uh, speaking of that correction process, do you feel like, in hindsight, obviously, do you feel like leaning on the run should have been more of a, of a strategy point last week? Or well, last hindsight week? is twenty twenty. Right. Okay. And there were some things that uh, that we did do well in the run game, um, but 
you know, we do what we did just mostly because it's collaborative. We talk about it on the, on the headsets. We talk about it when we come to the sideline. You know, and, and again, the one thing we do talk about is just trying to get the opportunity for Sam. You know, that game was close all the way up to a certain point in the fourth quarter. And at any point, it, came, it would have come together. Who knows? And again, it's hindsight now. So week one against the Cardinals, Eric Bieniemy calls 33 pass plays in the first half to nine rushes. And these are from our friends at Ref the District that compiled this. Week two. And week one, we, we fell down. We, fell, we came back from behind against the Cardinals. Week two, we all know what happened. We were down from behind against the Broncos. Sam had 36 dropbacks and seven rushes. Week three, he had 16 dropbacks and five rushes. There's a trend here. At what point does Biennemi and the coaching staff say, hey, let's give this kid a better chance? Let's maybe run the ball a little bit more or balance it out a little bit more. We're talking, you know, three to one rushing or passing versus rushing. Mm-hmm. And the thing that was killing me is B-Rob was gaining yards. He averaged seven yards a carry. Now that's skewed a little bit because he had a 23-yard run, but it's not like he wasn't going anywhere. And the first drive, he's going down the field. Mm-hmm. And B-Rob puts us in a good situation. And then Sam takes back-to-back sacks. And it's just, it's so frustrating because we were in this game until the fourth quarter. It was still 16 to nothing mm-hmm. at the end of the third quarter. And Sam got sacked nine times. This is actually what Ron had to say about the sacks. Obviously, you have to look at the tape for the offensive line and where the nine sacks sort of their origin mm-hmm. for each game. But what was going on there it seemed like he was just under pressure the whole time well i think there's a certain point where when you get to pin your ears back it gets tough it gets tough it really does and you know you'd like to be able to handle some of those things a little bit better obviously and we'll get an opportunity to evaluate it all so that's the part where i disagree with coach it was 16 to nothing it's not like we were down by even three scores at that point you shouldn't have given them the ability to pin their ears back if you're calling your plays properly. And we credited the enemy last week for his beautiful screen game and calling those plays at the right time. I remember seeing maybe one this week. I just, I don't get the Jekyll and Hyde thing with the enemy's offense. And he is a first time play caller, but I don't feel that he put Sam and the offensive line in a position to win the game. And that's what frustrated the hell out of me just watching this because I think one of the next-gen stats is he was under pressure 69% of his dropbacks. I mean, he had a guy in his face. And it's not even the sacks where he's getting hit. Beatman was talking about it today. The passes he actually got off, he's just getting leveled. Mm -hmm. And once again, our boys from Ref the District, Sam is on pace for 107 sacks. We don't want that. That's assuming he's going to actually survive an entire season taking the hits he's taking. And it's it's worrisome. The issue that I have, and, and, and once again, I'm in the stands. I'm on the couch in my living room, like 99.9% of everybody that's here. There are they're, they're guys that are open. And I'm not saying he's looking for the home run ball, 
but he's looking for familiarity and it shows. And because of that, you know, they always tell you, you got 11 guys on the field. Well, we know that 11 guys, it takes 11 guys, but, but three out of that 11, you know, or eight out of that, or I'm sorry, three, yeah, three out of the eight that are on the field are going to be playmakers. And we saw that he was going to one guy, but if you could just give him a second to go back to the backside, that two guys were open, maybe for, I'm not sure if it was a check down or if it was just an alternate guy versus the hot, maybe not, not the hot guy. I don't know, but they were open. And if he could just maybe scan, if he had the time to scan, you know, to get the ball out, then I think that he would have been totally different. Um, and and if he knows that that rush is coming the way that it is, then he that EIEIO has got to be EIEIO. It's got to be that that internal clock has got to be there. For yeah. him. Otherwise, he is going to be on par for that many sacks, and we don't want that for him. Rivera talked about it during his press conference today that two and a half seconds is basically the clock that he wants the guys to have. This is actually a quote that Nikki Javala got from Rags No Riches on Twitter. It's from linebacker Terrell Bernard. Terrell had two sacks, one pick, and a fumble recovery. So on what they saw from Sam Howell to help them make plays on the ball, yeah, just quarterback vision, especially in our zone coverages. We knew that he liked to get to his targets early in his progression. So that was something that we thought we could go in and steal some stuff, and it played out in the game. When he's getting pressure from the D-line and guys are in his face, he doesn't have time to look you off and go through a full progression. So we thought we had a chance to take some. And this was another quote by him on if Howell stayed locked on the first read in his progression. Yeah, I think so. Obviously, the pressure from the D-line helps a lot, but he just didn't seem to go through his full progressions. There was no one, two, three check down with him. He was kind of locking onto his guy early on and then waiting for them to get open enough for him to try to throw it in there. And that was when the plays were made. I mean, Sam, according to this guy, and I don't really trust defenders before the game. I mean, this guy's got nothing to gain from, you know, he already kicked ass, got a game ball probably from Ron Rivera because he pans him out like candy about what Sam did and did not do. And we'll go back and look at the film and the tape Sam's zeroing in on guys, and I think he trusts his arm too much. Because he's got a rocket, I think he thinks he can get things in there. And yes, this is his fourth start, but this ain't college. You can't make those throws that you did back then against these NFL defenders because they've got speed and anticipation. And man, that one end zone throw to Curtis Samuel, where the guy just, was it Sam? I don't regardless who it was, where the guy just jumped the route and took the ball, I'm thinking, what happened? And the other one in the flat, the interception he had to Antonio Gibson, you could see that DB coming down in that zone responsible for him. And Sam just, he floated that ball out there, and then boom, he just jumped the route. And it wasn't the Sam that we're used to seeing that's more confident. Well, he's been getting beat up. And so that's why he's not as confident as he has been um and 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 let's face it no matter who you put back there if the line play doesn't get better and we've always said this if the line play doesn't get better it's not going to happen we could have Peyton Manning we could have Brady we could have whomever you want it's it, it would almost be the same result I'm going to say almost I think because Peyton with uh, our crappy line just just yeah. because Denver didn't have the best line and Peyton 
Peyton knew everything, man. He knew where guys were, what was going on, and could go through his progressions. You know, you ever play Madden? Yeah. So I stopped a long time ago. So did I. They had that, like, quarterback vision cone mm-hmm. right, that they brought in. And, like, our quarterback's cone was, like, tiny. Peyton's was the <laughs> entire field. You know, and, like, right now, I think, like, Sam's cone is maybe, like, me with my arm sticking out. And Josh Allen's cone was just like Peyton the entire field. And it was frustrating to see. And we, not we, but the coaches talk about how he's autocorrect and he doesn't, you know, make the same mistake twice. Well, Mm -hmm. uh, he made the same mistake a lot more than twice this past week. And this is actually what Sam said about what went wrong. Sam, when you go back and obviously you probably want to watch the film again before you really know, but just initial thoughts, what did go wrong for you? What were some of the issues that you felt like you were having that maybe weren't there the first couple of games? Yeah, just the turnovers. Um, I just think there were some situations where I was trying to get the ball out of my hands and trying to avoid a negative play, and I just kind of forced something. Um, it wasn't a good decision. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's all, all those bad plays. I'll, I'll definitely learn from it, um, and I'll be better from it. Four interceptions. He didn't learn from the second or third one. He, he threw a fourth one. I mean, would you have taken him out of the game? Hmm. He's getting beat up. He's been sacked nine times, not counting how many times he actually got hit. And he's thrown four picks. Would you have actually let him get the four? Or would you let him ride it out? At this point, at this point, we got to let the kid play. Now, I can't say what's going to happen game eight, nine, ten, et cetera. But at this point, we got to let him play because this town has always had some type of quarterback controversy. And I got to say, for once, we don't have one. Now, granted, his play on the field is slowly trying to dictate one, but we got to let him play. And truthfully, I can't see Brissett doing better. I, I just can't. Um, maybe he could. But at this point, I don't think that he could. Um, or, or maybe, you know what, maybe he could because he hasn't been hit like Sam has been in these last three games. So maybe a fresh person who hasn't been hit the way Sam has has a different outlook, maybe, you know. Or, and, and because Brissett has more of a, a – a, he's played more pro games, he knows that the ball's got to get out faster – Maybe, but but right now I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say we we keep Sam, and you try. I'm, I'm not talking about down the road. I'm just talking about that game. That game. Um, I'm 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 gonna say no. I'm gonna say no because just as many games that you may have that are good, you're gonna have bad. And if he truly can correct himself and doesn't want to get hit, he'll make the adjustments that need to be made. So I'm going to say, no, keep him in. And um, now if he was just, to me, he wasn't getting killed. Uh, he wasn't getting, he was getting hit, but he wasn't getting killed. There's a difference. So if he was getting killed, then I would say, take him out. Throw the towel. It'd be like the Rocky movie. Throw the damn towel in. But he was just getting hit. You know what I mean? So there's a difference yeah. in my book. So, but if he was just getting obliterated, I would say, mm-hmm. get the kid out of there. But, but he, he, because he still could have made plays, I believe. So keep him in there. He's got to take his lumps. Nobody likes it, but we understand it. Yeah, this is actually what Ron said about potentially taking Sam out of that game. I think you went up to him after that pick six. Why was it important to talk to him in that moment? Did you ever think about taking him out? No, 
Well, you know, the, the, the thing you think about is, you know, do we take him out to protect him or do we leave him in so he can continue to, to, to learn and grow, you know? And, um, you know, we want to see him handle this. We want to see him do the things that he's capable of. And, you know, there's a certain point that probably protect him probably would have been the next step. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't take him out. Yeah. And I'm going back and watching the game, Sam's body language. And when you go back and take a look at it, let me know your thoughts. Okay. I think his body language, if you look at it, he was definitely getting frustrated. You could see a lot of times he's just, his mechanics started getting bad. He's throwing off his back foot on a couple of these interceptions. He just, he doesn't look crisp. And I think part of that's just from getting beat up. Yeah. Part of that's just from getting gut punched the entire game. And then eventually that pick six was that haymaker that just, you know, took it out of them. But if they would have put brisket in, then at that point we would have had a controversy and we don't need that in this town. We don't need one with Sam. I'm sorry, but we know what Jacoby Brissett is. He is a journeyman quarterback at this point. We still don't know what Sam is. And mm -hmm. Sam also is playing against a stacked deck. He doesn't have a good offensive line in front of him. He's not helping himself out by holding on to the ball for five seconds, but he doesn't have the best offensive line in front of him at all. And there one sack Wiley from the word go or hike just got beat. I mean, that defensive end was around him in a split second and you could tell it was going to happen too. Cause that defensive end, I'll see if I can find it and put it on the YouTube. He was in kind of like a wide nine stance, like several yards outside of Wiley. And next thing you know, the second that ball was snapped, he just went right around his ass and just clobbered Sam. And thank God it wasn't his blind side. But yeah. he's not getting any help. And this is actually Ron talking about fixing the sacks. Ron, back to the sacks a little bit. Nine sacks today, 19 sacks over three games. How is something like that corrected? Well, you got to learn from it, okay? That's how it's going to get corrected. If you don't learn from it, it's going to happen again. So we'll coach it up. We'll try and learn from it, and we'll see what happens. The so when I hear that, Ted, I got to I got to remember back in the day, I, I said this was one of our early pods. Um, I said, so imagine. I know I play a little bit of ball, you play a little bit of ball, the moment that it didn't work out the right way, stop, reset, do it again. No, that's not stop, reset. And if it took. I know that 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 they can't. They don't have. They have hours. They are time that they have to log in. But if it's not right, it's not right. So so when he's holding on to the ball, blow the whistle. Start all over again. Come on, you guys. During practice. Yeah, yeah. Stop. Is that's not that's you know because let's face it. In practice, you have that that false sense of security. You know, and like in training camp, for instance, it's a false sense of security. Your guys can't hit you. These guys can hit you. So when you see that, stop, and then go from there. Start all over again because we're not. I don't feel we're doing the kid any service by allowing him to think that maybe he has more time than what he does. And and maybe, maybe that internal because he's been getting hit so much that internal clock will speed up. I'm hoping that it does because I hate it for him, and I'm not even getting hit. So imagine if, if if he's the one who's getting hit, he doesn't want it. So get rid of the ball or get on your high, high horse and run it out, man. I, it's almost like back in the day with RG3. Now, he doesn't have RG3 speed, but RG3 was a one-read quarterback, basically. If the first read wasn't there, he would tuck it and run. That's yeah. what RG3 would do. 
mean, the line was almost uh, on par with what we have now. And I've always said that. I've always said that the line that we have now reminds me of the line that RG3 had. The difference was RG3 was faster. But that first read wasn't there. He was running. And I think that, that they need to understand that and give Sam a lane to run the ball, a, a, a design QB run. Uh, part of the problem is we're getting rushed by four, right? Sometimes he's getting blitzed, but they're getting mm -hmm. pressure with four guys. And there hasn't been lanes and the pockets collapsed. And then Sam just gets flustered and he's like a deer in headlights. And he doesn't know what to do. So he spins one way and there's another guy there. I almost feel that our interior just gives up after a couple of seconds. Okay. So that's, that goes back to what I was saying. He's a deer in the headlights because he's trying to look somebody to pass the ball, a design quarterback run. You automatically know, Hey, this is what I need to do. And there's not going to be that backside spin. If you will, yeah. he, he knows that, Hey, look, I gotta, I gotta run toward the tackle or outside or whatever is designed, you know, even if it means me running and then at the last minute passing the ball, acting like I'm going to run up to the line of scrimmage and then passing it down the line or whatever have you. But it's got to be something to where he knows what he's looking for to run. And you know when you're running the ball what you got to do. Passing the ball, you got to drop back. Okay, scan, scan, scan. Oh, crap, I'm getting hit. Quarterback run, I know that the, the, the design call is to go off tackle, tackle guard butt or whatever have you. Boom, it's, it's a done deal. Yeah, to me, more read option. I haven't mm -hmm. really seen any read option. Mm -hmm. Not an RPO, not a run pass option, a read option. No. Or Sam's option. taking it or the running back's taking it. And as far as running backs are concerned, give it to B-Rob. I don't mm -hmm. know why B-Rob had the amount of snaps that he had. Let me pull it up right now. Brian Robinson was out there. Where is it? Uh, of course, this is an alphabetical. B-Rob was out there for... 20 snaps, 37% of the offensive snaps. Antonio Gibson was out there for 33 snaps, 61% mm. of the offensive snaps. At this point, taking the fumble out of it, right? I would rather have Brian Robinson in there because to me, he's more of a run threat. He was averaging, and yes, it's skewed because of that 23-yard run. But Antonio had two carries. B had 10. To me, you are showing your hand as an offense. We talk about how whenever Jordan Reed was in as a tight end, you knew it was a pass play. Well, whenever Antonio Gibson is in, you know it's a pass play. So that defense is keying on a pass. And Rivera talked about pinning your ears back. Well, maybe they weren't pinning their ears back when the score was up because we were only down by two, two scores, literally a touchdown, two-point touchdown, two-point. Maybe they were pinning their ears back because Antonio Gibson was in and they knew it was either going to be a screen or a pass play and they needed to get in there and blow it up. Maybe stop being so one-dimensional with your personnel and then add in the fact that Antonio has had another fumble at a horrible time. And yes, he was spinning right, spinning left, and then just got hit. But still, that ball control, it's killer, man. And I just... Yeah. B-Rob can catch. Let him catch. AG was trying to do too much. At that point in time, you got to realize also as a back when you're down, 
and and at that point he was on his way going down and he just couldn't hold on to it. And if you're if you're AG, what do you think he's thinking right now? What, what do you think the coach tells him? You know, hey, you got one more play to knock this thing out, or, and I'm putting the rookie in. I mean, what, what do you think is going through his mind? It's a contract year. I just had a baby. Holy crap. Like, I, you know, I got to stop this, but it, it's still happening. So I, I don't know. If if I'm him, it's you almost like me, Mookie. <laughs> the pressure's <laughs> mounting on him, man. You know, it's just. And the fact that running backs aren't getting paid like they were before, and now he's got a brand. And his brand is wide receiver, turn running back, turn to someone that can't secure the ball. So if you got guys that are ballers and not getting paid, what's going to happen to you when you need to get that contract? Pretty much. I mean, it's just, it's, it's frustrating. And Jared Patterson got picked up. So he he's on someone else's practice squad at this point, or maybe active. But I don't know. Chris Rodriguez isn't the same type of back that AG is. But to me, Brian Robinson can catch. He is not a wide receiver turning running back. He is a running back that has yeah. hands. Give he's him a chance. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just wish that you know, from a player personnel perspective, we would give the guys that are balling a chance to do it more and show that they've got these other facets to their game because hey john bates he can catch it's not just blocking and he's had to do that because logan's out well let's see what b-rob can do because i don't want to rely on antonio at this point in crucial situations because i don't know if he's going to hold on to the ball anymore it's rough and here's the thing if we as fans feel that way what are the coaches really seeing behind closed doors I mean, at what point in time do you say, hey, gee, man, I'm, I'm, I really tried, bro. I really did try. But, you know, you're causing me game checks. You're causing me to lose money and you're making me look bad. So at what point in time do you say enough's enough and you go with the rookie Rodriguez? And, yes, they are t- two different type of backs, but he can catch the ball out the backfield as well, being a bruiser. So um, I almost wish they would go to it. And I know this is old school. Go back to the eye, man. Go back to that I formation and, and with the fullback, and let's just dig it out, you know, and then sprinkle some passes in every once in a while. You know, once you once you tenderize that middle. Uh, and I know that that's not typical NFL uh, football play these days, but there's something about that old school that still matters a little bit, man. And, and, and I got to tell you, one thing that went bad for me, I never understand it. Why are we in shotgun formation on the two? I was going to bring that up, man. I was going to bring that up, man. Why? I don't know. I don't get it at all because it's it's first and goal from the two-yard line. You got Brian Robinson in there. And I went back and looked at the plays, and you've got all of a sudden John Bates pulling as a lead blocker and then B-Rob coming in after him. What happened to the week prior when you had Rodriguez? a battering ram leading through that hole and going through there, use him because you don't have a fullback on your roster right now. Arma is your fullback and he's on your practice squad. Use Rodriguez as that battering ram. Shoot. Use Chris Paul as that battering ram. You know, go old fridge back in the day and stick a big lineman inside there. How long have we been saying that, bro? Uh, Lorenzo Alexander. 
Yeah, we we guys, you you listen to the show. You listen to a lot of things that we say. Do this for us against Philadelphia. The, the same way Philadelphia pushes Jalen Hurts in the end zone, we need that type of same push. So if you're listening, put it in the playbook, guys. Your fans will appreciate it. You'll appreciate it when you score, and you'll say the DMV mess all. <laughs> we heard it from the DV mess all, and we implemented it. I mean, come on. Help us yeah, out. I don't think they would say that because you know how many fans would be sending in plays, but it just it doesn't. I don't. I don't get it. And no. last year, Jahan Dotson was a touchdown machine down there. Where has he been? I mean, it's like he doesn't even exist at this point, and I don't understand what's going on there. But yeah, in the beginning, everyone threw a fuss when Rivera said we're going to be a running football team and gave him crap about it. And then he walked back those statements and said, well, you know, we're going to change it up. Freaking Eric Bieniemy was a running back. He wasn't a receiver. He was mm -hmm. a running back. And the guy doesn't want to run the ball. And some of the plays where he's doing it, you're on the goal line. And you're going well, shotgun. Well, 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 to put the icing on the cake, what was Ron Rivera? A linebacker, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the defense, did, did you would think that he would call? Well, he's not the defense coordinator, but you would think that with that same concept that he would be more, you know, uh, heavier on, on, on that linebacker play or heavier on the things that were needed and we're not. So yeah, I'd say it's, it's, it's the weakest part of the, our defense. It's the same. So, hey, yeah, man. it's. Oh, it's we, oh, we got yeah we we this this is done you know and we we can't we can't cry over spilled milk but we would just like to see things different done differently we definitely would and i am not advocating this by any means but we asked a question to our listeners today sam's thrown four interceptions at what point would you take him out how long is your leash for him and we asked our listeners to chime in on that. I would be remiss if we didn't get a chance to give them opportunity to chime in. This is actually what Jimmy said from Hagerstown. Yeah, Ted, th this is Jimmy Tearbutt from Hagerstown. I, th I saw your Sam Howell question, and I thought to myself, you know what? We got to get this kid a little bit of leash. And I'm not saying that if they start losing games, it's one thing. Then you go to Jacoby. But if you don't lose games – and you have some rough spots, I think you stay with them. You stay with them. I was watching this thing on, oh, God darn it, Amazon or something. It was called Steph Curry Underrated. And it was about his coach in college, how he had about 13 turnovers in his first game. And there was a, there was a big thing between the coaches about whether to bench him or not. And I thought to myself, what the heck? You're going to bench Steph Curry? Well, they were. But they let him go, and the next game he played against Michigan, and he killed it. Yeah, but he was like, and then he became a star after that, and he became the best player in program history. So, I'm not saying Sam Howell's a Pro Bowler, but I'm saying we need to give him a bit of a leash. If he starts losing games, uh, like he did the other day, that that's another thing. But if he can get away with a couple of interceptions, a couple of touchdowns, they can the defense can hold on. That's that's that that's more power to him. So have a good day, and I'll look forward to the next menu. Appreciate that, Jimmy. And Appreciate, we got yeah. a bunch of people that also tweeted and texted in. This is from Joe Hall, one of the hog farmers. 
So we need to know if he's the guy and the sample size is too small to know that yet. The staff likely won't be here next year. And knowing if we have a quarterback or not is the biggest priority. I'd leave him all season, but I believe a bigger focus on running the ball will help him. And without giving my opinion yet and yours yet, we'll just keep going down these. Pete Medhurst, Pete was a guest on the show. We appreciate him chiming in. He said Peyton Manning threw more interceptions and touchdowns in his first year and went three and 13. The guy is already three and one in his career. So Pete's not telling us how long you'd give him, but saying, I don't think Pete wants him out yet. This is from Commander's Air Defense Activated on Twitter. He's our quarterback, and he has the whole season, period. Mm. Not too many rookie quarterbacks look great all the time. Only Marino and Manning types. Give the kid the time to develop in the NFL. We got a ton here, man. Tim Meek, our boy who was on the pod, came out for the brewery show. I'm going to angry call you guys if I hear a single person willing to give up on this quarterback with four starts. <laughs> there is no leash. This falls on the OC. I'm confident they'll figure it out. EB is smart, but he's also learning. And Tim, I, I think it's you know safe to say Rally and I agree with you. EB is learning, and he is smart. And we'll get into you know how we fix this. I mean, this is from I need to talk to you on Twitter. The rest of the year, they gave Taylor two years. Howell gets the whole year, no matter what. And I'm repeating myself a ton here, but really do appreciate all these people chiming in. We've got an hour show, and this is going to be longer than an hour if I read all of these. We'll go through one more. This is Chris Lopez, one of the Hoggettes. Unless something drastic happens, you give him the whole season. He was drafted after his junior year in college, and this is a semi-officially his rookie year. There is talent there, but it will take patience and some bad games to go through to figure out if he progresses enough to determine if he is the go we want to commit to. Guessing you meant quarterback. I will say that this offense needs to be less pass happy and run the ball more. A rookie quarterback with very questionable pass protection needs to be protected by a run game. And <laughs> earlier I interrupted you. How much of a leash do you give Sam this season? Well, as I said before, Ted, I mean, you give him the whole season unless he's just getting killed and barring an injury. No, you know, he stays in there. If he's our guy, then you let him ride. Everybody's always said we're playing with house money. Well, hey, let that house eat that money up then and see if he's the guy or if not. We go back into the quarterback draft and find out who's out there. But right now you let him take his lumps, if you will. And I know that may not be popular, but he just needs to because the last thing we want is another quarterback competition. And I kind of disagree with we gave um, Heineke two years. He played two years, but we didn't give him two years because if you remember, we had another guy come in, Wentz, who was the starting quarterback when Heineke was supposed to be the guy. So, and before that, it was, what was it before Heineke, but then he took over because that guy got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt on that water slide, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Fitzpatrick. So yeah. so technically, we didn't give him two years. I mean, if if he, he really didn't start, you know what I mean? He, he, yeah. Heineke, Heineke wasn't like the starter. He, he, was, he was made the starter 
bar injury, but he didn't start off like Sam. Sam is is going into camp as the number one starter. So that's the yeah. only thing that I can say uh, that I, I, I disagree with what the other gentleman said. No, I, I agree with you there. And I, I give the entire year. I, I'm on record saying that I don't care what our record is this year. We already won because Dan is mm-hmm. gone. You say that, yep. We are in a limbo year. The ownership took over too late to make any effective changes with the on-the-field product. So they have to see what they have. As a fan base, we don't know what we have with Sam yet. As a franchise, we don't know what we have with Sam yet. But I was happy about the Jacoby Brissett contract because it was a one-year contract. Because I didn't want us to give Brissett a bunch of money for multiple years. And I don't want to wish anyone to lose their job. But let's be realistic. Odds are Ron Rivera will not be here next year. And I don't want a new coach, whoever it is, to inherit another quarterback just like Shanahan inherited a quarterback, just like Gruden inherited a quarterback, just like Ron inherited a quarterback. Mm -hmm. I want whoever that comes in to have a GM and a coach to pick who they want to run their actual team. Yeah. So I want Sam to play the entire year. I don't care if he is getting his ass kicked. I need to see how he bounces back and if he can actually take the lumps. And if I am ownership and Josh Harris has said on the record that he will not, or most likely won't be in the draft room. I am telling Ron as the owner, I need to see what I have in Sam. I don't care if we're losing or what's happening. Yes. There are 52 other guys on that roster, but being realistic, I need to know next year if we need to invest in a search for another quarterback or not, because it's not going to be Brissett. And no. what do you get if you get Brissett? If Brissett comes in and it's week five or it's week 10, what do we get? A chance to potentially maybe make a push at the end of the season? That still doesn't help us out for next year. So for the future, we just take our lumps with Sam. But this is actually what Ron had to say about Sam's leash and his opinion. And in terms of Sam, I mean, I think because the way the game was unfolding, it was a question of, well, you know, should he, should he get taken out of the game for whatever the reason, even if it was just to protect him? And obviously there's been some talk on the radio and elsewhere about, should you make a switch? One question we've had all along is, what's the leash for Sam? For you, what, I mean, not suggesting it's this game, but for you, what is that scenario? Is there a point where you... Well, right now we are 2-1. and one. Right. Sam's won three games and four starts. So we'll just continue to go... We kept because we felt Sam, the only way he's going to grow and get better is to play. And that's why we did what we did. I agree. He's mm-hmm. got to learn situations and what's happening. And he is essentially a rookie. I understand this is his mm-hmm. second year, but you're talking about Heineke. Heineke didn't take those snaps. Sam didn't take those snaps during training camp before last year. That all no. went to Carson. And then it went to Taylor and then Sam at that point. So we mm-hmm. know at this point, the kid's still learning and they're coming. He is being humble saying that the other teams aren't sending anything exotic at him that he hasn't seen before. I'm going to disagree with you, Sam. They're yeah. sending everything at your ass. The entire kitchen sink is coming right at you. Mm-hmm. And it's a copycat league. Guess what Philadelphia is going to do next week. Mm-hmm. They're going to pressure you maybe more than 69% of the time. Yep. And until and- we can stop it, everyone is going to do it. So we got to prove that we yeah. can stop. It. So 
the task at hand, Coach B enemy, is as Ted said, you know they're throwing the kitchen sink at the kid. What can you do to slow the kitchen sink from being thrown at them? When I mean, we'll take a plate every now and then. We'll take a fork. We hell, we may even take a knife. But but what are we gonna do to to stop to slow that down? You know. I don't know about you, but I can't say I saw any slants. I, I can't say I saw, and if, we, and, if, and if we did see it, I missed it. Who was our hot read? Where's the hot read? I, I, I don't know if I actually saw a hot read. And so maybe I missed it. So I will try to go back and look to see if, I, if they threw any type of slants or or maybe it's because the, the Buffalo Bills defender said, hey, we knew that he'd be happy and he'd throw fast and we jumped it so if that's the case and these guys are throwing the kitchen sink and they're also jumping the routes what can be done draws yeah i mean you throw some draws in there you give me some bootlegs to give them some more mm -hmm. time i haven't seen them move the pocket and mm -hmm. we'll get into that later on this week on how we're going to beat the eagles and maybe a you know page out of last year's playbook when they were undefeated and we went up there and whooped them with a running game. But this is actually something from, from Pro Football Focus saying that Washington is the second most fully covered routes ran in the NFL. Mm. So seeing that from Pro Football Focus, that guys aren't open or they're not open right away, and then it takes them time to get that separation. There are times when he was taking those sacks and just watching from that angle that you could tell, damn, he had nobody there. Or some of those hot reads when he checked down to AG in that flat and that ball got jumped, then the DBs are waiting because they know that he's looking for that check down and trying to go down there. So there's a lot of stuff to it. But Rivera did say something in his press conference that kind of inspired me about them bouncing back this week on losing. This is what Coach had to say. You know, this is our third game of the season. We're 2-1 and one right now. And... You know, we have an opportunity to make some corrections from this game. Everybody hates to lose. I hate to lose. Fuck, I hate losing. Excuse me. Sorry. But I do. And the truth of the matter is, the only good thing out of losing is that you can learn from it. And that's what we intend to do, to learn what our mistakes were, learn what the things that we didn't do right, get those things corrected, and move forward. That's what we're going to do. I mean, we're not going to, you know, stay indoors because the, the sky is falling. We're going to show up. We're going to work hard. We're going to get it corrected. This is a good football team, good young football team that needs to learn and understand. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to get your butt kicked. How you respond, that tells everybody whether you're worth a crap or not. So I expect these guys to show up tomorrow. We're going to correct them. We're going to correct ourselves tonight as we go through it as a coaching staff, which we're done partly right now. And then we'll show up, and we're going to, we're going to get it right. We are. I'm happy that Coach said that. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that the Bills kicked our ass at this point in the year. Yeah. Because to me, it gives you a chance to regroup. And we've got Philly next week. And I don't know what's going to happen this Sunday. But in the beginning of the season, if you would have told me and you that through the first four games, the first quarter of the season, that we'd be two and two or potentially three and one, would you have complained? No. I wouldn't have complained, and I'm not going to complain. And as like you said, I'm I'm not happy that we took the L, but I'm happy 
if you will, follow where I'm going with this. I'm happy, like you said, that we did take it at this point in time versus when hypothetically we really needed a win and they had never seen any of this stuff type of stuff before. I'm very happy to 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 go ahead on the third game of the season get this L the way we got it. We knew that it was gonna happen. It's happened. And that coach said, let's regroup. Let's see what we need to get done differently and do differently to make things better for us all around. And I honestly believe that we'll have a better showing up in Philadelphia because I'm going to be there. All right. All right. So you, you helped us out get that dub last year. But to me, we'll see what kind of heart this team has. We talked mm-hmm. about stats last season or last week. Sorry. Teams that go 2-0, 64% chance of making playoffs. And, you know, we're just trying to spread positivity. But to me, we'll see what kind of team this is. This was a measuring stick, and we failed this week. Next week is also going to be a measuring stick against Philly. And we'll see especially how these guys bounce back. Because I've got a feeling that if Biennemi is truly the potential head coach that we all think he is, he'll have this offense bounce back and fix what's wrong. I'm not saying we're going to beat Philly, but I'm also saying we're not going to get our ass nearly shut out. And you know what? I wish Rivera would not have gone for that field goal because I would have liked to see us get a donut in that game so he can make that hurt worse for those guys Mm. to be shut Mm. out for the first time in a long time. Because what does that three points get you? To me, it's more embarrassing to get the field goal than anything. Well, do you want to know what it got me? (laughs) <laughs> it got you the over what it got you it got me my even points on DraftKings, and, and, and i won i got these some of money <laughs> so that's all right, all right. so for you I'm, I'm happy it happened you know i on the show i took that we were going to win okay i made a bet when i'm doing all my tailgate prep that i kicked the spread up because the spread was six and a half i teased it up to 11 that still wasn't enough points no. for the commanders to cover the spread. So <laughs> it was what it was, but I don't want to end this thing on a sour note. What for you went right yesterday? Oh boy. I got to think about that, man. This is like a dress, four minute song. So you got some dress, time. dress way, dress right. way. Our punter always comes through for us. That's what went right, bro. I think Tress outkicked his coverage on that one punt, and they got a decent return. He did. But I hear but he's, he's, he's He still is Tress Way. He's still our MVP. So I, I got to rock with that for a minute, and, and maybe something else will come to me. But right now, that's what I'm going with. And you, sir. So I got two things. One, we're not the Broncos. We didn't get 70 <laughs> points put up on us. So... I am scared because the Dolphins do come to town and I got some Dolphin friends that are hanging out and saying, we'll see you guys later on the season. And I said, please don't drop 70. She said, we'll just put 65 on you. But Dang. Cam Cheeseman, hey, he had some good snaps. So yeah. we didn't have an issue there, man. That's the, it's one of the only positive things I can take out of yesterday. We might Joey have a Sly. long snap. Joey Sly, man, he nailed it, baby. That was what, a 50-yarder? Yeah, yeah, it was there. So, I mean, from a rally chain perspective, you give him one out, 37 to three. 
I gotta give it to Joey Sly. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Joey won you that money. That's why. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> there you go. Hey, when I hear the music playing in the background, was lets me know that we have come to another close of a the DMV mess hall. And thank you guys for listening. You know, and and we want to thank you guys for subscribing. Tell your friends they can subscribe too to help us out, help the show out. It does go a long way, as Ted always says. Philly's up next. We're going to put this game to bed. So if you've fried over your spilled milk, go ahead and, and get your paper towels and, and soak it up and throw it away. A new day is on us. Remember, guys, you rep it hard or you don't rep it at all. Rally Captain, tailgate Ted, and we're going to be out. <laughs> <laughs>